Hello, and welcome to our weekly podcast of Who's Here in the Hamptons. I'm Dan Retiner, your host, broadcasting from my home in the Hamptons, where I have lived for over 55 years. I've written a dozen books about this glorious place, and I've seen it grow through the years from small tourist towns, quaint fishing villages, and a summer playground for high society, to what it is today, a world-class resort for celebrities, artists, musicians, authors, and billionaires. In my podcast, I will bring you interviews with not only these people, but also prominent local people who have helped shape the Hamptons. I'd like to welcome to the podcast David Nugent, who is the Artistic Director for the Hamptons International Film Festival. And first of all, I want to thank you for finding the time to do this. You must be up to your ears. It's about six days before the festival, and there's a tremendous amount of work to be done. So I appreciate you taking a few minutes to do this. My pleasure, Dan, and I am up to my ears, and uh, I'm excited to sit down and talk to you, though. Um, so I have uh, this one-minute video I shot of my granddaughter, which is great, and I want to get it into the film festival next year. Is that right? How do, how do I go about submitting it? What's the process? Sure. So the process we do with submissions is uh, we use a company called Film Freeway. And usually we open for submissions in around February. So starting in February, anyone can submit any movie that they've made, basically. You just go online, you fill out a form, put in your name, some basic information about the movies, about the movie, and then you upload it. And then um, that process, the submission process closes in late May. And then myself and my colleagues and about 15 or 20 other people spend between February and August. So whatever, how much, six, those six months watching the movies. And then we get in touch with the filmmakers whose film we accept to uh, talk things through with them. So that's how that part of it works. Do you take any time, say, for meals or sleeping? <laughs> Uh, yes, we do. Uh, less these days. Um, in February, there's more meals and more sleeping. But it's just, it's a lot of movies to watch. And uh, I many, eat a lot of meals while there, watching. Movies. How many are there all together that you watch? Uh, that I watch personally? I don't know off the top of my head. I have a running list of, of all the films I watch. I don't know what it is. It's actually, it's just a piece of it's, I don't know, it doesn't have numbers next to it, but it's a lot of movies, I have to tell you. It's a lot of movies, and uh, and yeah. But that's okay, because I love movies. More than once a day? More than one movie? Well, I mean, there will be some days where I don't get to watch any, because I've got meetings and whatever, and then there will be days where I watch three a day. Uh, it really just varies. Uh, and, you know, I watch them at every moment that I can, from do when I'm getting ready in the morning or uh, all the time. Do you make a uh, final decision, or do some people get rid of the the chaff like my one minute video? Uh, so I ultimately make the final decision, but not on every movie, which is to say I have a group of three other programmers that I work with. And then also Anne, our executive director for some of the bigger films, she and I talk about it and she watches some of those movies with us as well. Um, so I, I ultimately make the final decision, but there are also, I have a great team uh, Larissa and Megan and Izzy, and they make, you know, we'll talk about it, and sometimes they'll invite a film that I haven't had a chance to watch yet. How long ago did you first get interested in watching movies? I mean, since I was a little kid, I always loved watching movies. So, the, uh, yeah, my parents, I lived in Michigan when I was a little kid, and then we moved to Maine, and my parents would take me to classic films there when I was young, 
And I just loved watching movies, going to the movies on my own, watching stuff on HBO, which was relatively new at the time. So I've always loved watching movies. So you've been the director now for 10 years. No, uh, uh, this will be my 15th edition, if you can believe it. It's hard to believe. I know. I started in 2007 as a consultant uh, when Rajendra Roy, my predecessor, left to go work at the Museum of Modern Art. I took over for him in 2007 as a consultant, and then I was hired in 2008. So, yeah, I think this is my 15th festival I'm doing. Has this been your only job during this time? It has been. When I first got the job and for the first four or so years, uh, I also taught film history, which I have done on and off for over a decade. Um, but once we had our first kid, I stopped doing that because it got to be a lot to juggle both jobs and the kids. And then also just to make a slight amendment to the way you introduced me, um, I'm actually the artistic director for Hamptons Film, which is the parent organization of Hamptons International Film Festival. And I make that clarification because what that means is even though this five-day festival is the biggest thing that we do all year, as you know, because I know you've been to some of our other events, Alec Baldwin and I host a summer documentary program in the summer. We host classic films in the winter. We run a screenwriter's lab in the spring. We show, so we do stuff all year round. So uh, that's why it's my only job, because even though this festival, the five days, well, this year, seven days of the festival are the biggest event we put on all year, we actually do stuff all year round. How many films are in the festival this year? I saw the program, but I could just wonder if it's like 50. So in a typical year, we probably have 65 to 70 features and around 50 shorts. This year we have, I think, 43 features and I think 30 shorts, but I need to double check my shorts number, but 43 features. So around two thirds the size of a regular year. When I, by regular, I mean pre-COVID. When you first started or before that, a while ago when you first started, do you solicit from different filmmakers or do you just let them go ahead? Yeah, no, it's a it's multi-pronged approach. So. We get the blind submissions, which is the films we talked about, which may be the short film about your granddaughter next year. I also go to film festivals, as do some of my colleagues. Um, so, I mean, this year I only went to one because of COVID. I went to Cannes, but typically in a regular year, I would go to Sundance and Toronto, South by Southwest. This year I only went to one. There are also filmmakers we've gotten to know over the years from both this job and other jobs. So they'll just say, hey, I made a new movie and they'll send it to us. And then we have what we call alums, so filmmakers who's previous work we have played and they'll make a new movie so they'll send us their new movie um so yeah it's there's a lot of different uh, ways that we we find the films that end up in the festival um what's your favorite movie of all time like all time. oh geez uh i don't really know there's a couple that i always seem to come back to out of the past by jacques tourneur from 1947 is a favorite movie of mine McCabe and Mrs. Miller, which Alec and I did a screening of for our classic winter screening a couple of years ago. Um, the Man Who Wasn't There, the Coen Brothers movie I've always liked. I love The Empire Strikes Back. I love The Separation by Asghar Farhadi. Uh, yeah, I don't necessarily have one, but those are a couple of films that, that tend to jump to mind when I think about favorite films of mine. Blow Up by Michelangelo Antonioni. These are all movies I've probably seen at least 15 times and... Uh, I really like these movies. Ghostbusters. I like Ghostbusters 84. I saw that when it came out twice in the, the local mall near where I lived. Um, yeah, I like Ghostbusters a lot. Now this year, um, I guess from what I gather, people can still buy some of the tickets to the films. A lot of them have sold out, I know. 
<laughs> yeah, there are still some tickets available. I was just looking over the box office report this year. I mean, the reality of it is this year, look, last year we were virtual and we were drive-ins. This year we're back in person, but we're, um, we're doing reduced capacity. So there are less tickets to sell for an auditorium. And we're using the Sag Harbor Cinema, which we're excited about because it's a wonderful, wonderful cinema. Um, but it has its screens are a little bit smaller than those that we used to use at the UA in East Hampton. Um, and we have less films. And most of the films, most, not all, are only playing once. So long story short, we have less seats to sell. Um, we are excited to have all the seats we can sell, but we have less of them. So there are some films that, that are sold out. And in a regular year, we would do rush lines, which is sort of like last minute ticket entry. But for COVID protocol reasons and other things, just to play it safe, we're not doing those this year. But there definitely are some tickets to some movies left, including a great one called Storm Lake about small town newspapers, which I'm super excited about. So I hope you get to go see that one. I already saw it. Oh, well, then there you, did you like it? I did. It reminded me of Sancho Panza and Don Quixote and the Windmills. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad you saw it. You can come back and see it again. We'll have a Q&A with the director that David Rattray is moderating. So I'm looking forward when to that. When do you make the decisions and when does the, the press release go out about who won? About who won? Like the award winners, you mean? Yeah. The award winners. We'll put that out probably on the Monday of the festival about the award winners. We start making announcements about the films in the festival in August. And so we've made a number of announcements. All of our announcements are out and all the films have been announced thus far. But we'll put out a press release, I guess, on Monday. But I actually don't know that for that's typically when we do it. But this year we're two extra days, which is good for a lot of locals, too, because we've got Guild Hall for seven days. And so Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, we're not going to be in the Sag Harbor Cinema anymore. But Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, we'll be playing movies all day long at Guild Hall. And I, it'll be easier to see movies then because, you know, a lot of the people that come out for the weekend will, will be gone. Now describe a little bit for people who hear this and see it, the uh, protocols at the, at, the film, at the film site for COVID. Sure. So we're going to, as I say, we're going to be reduced capacity. So there's going to be less people actually in the theater. We've got a uh, sponsor who... Um, Health Nation or now I'm um, Health Republic. I can't remember who has put up um, uh, hand sanitizing stations all throughout. So we're going to be able to do that. Um, all of the theaters we're using have um, improved uh, air filtration. Sag Harbor, which was built, you know, basically during COVID, has extraordinarily good air filtration and separate HVAC systems for all their houses. And Guildhall also went through the process of renovating in this off season to improve to, is it MERV 13 um, air filtration system? So we have that. We have more time in between screenings. We're not selling concessions. So, and everyone that goes needs to be masked and vaccinated. Um, so, I, I mean, it's going to be really safe. I went to the, as I say, I went to the Cannes Film Festival. It was the first yeah, film festival yeah, I've been to. I think, it's, I think it's wonderful from how, how you set this up. Also simplified the ticket sales. Yeah. It's all done. There's nobody going to have things around their neck that they can hit somebody else over. Yeah, we're trying to reduce touch points and everything as well. So we're doing a lot of e-tickets this year, which we hadn't done of as much in the past. So anyhow, suffice it to say, I've got two unvaccinated children myself because they're little kids. We're taking it very seriously. Yeah. Um, On that, look, it's not like being a doctor or a lawyer. There's not like a, a test you pass. There's not a board certification or anything. So hopefully people having faith in me that my taste is good and I do a good job of curating films. 
before uh, you were here, which is all those years ago, before that, were you at the other festival? Doing that? I was at the Newport International Film Festival in 2006 and 2007 uh, and really enjoyed my time there. And it's a sort of similar festival. It was in the summer, um, but uh, a, little, a little bit smaller, but similar in, in scope otherwise. And I really enjoyed that time. And then I also had worked in various capacities at the Boston Jewish Film Festival, uh, the Nantucket Film Festival. So I had bounced around doing different jobs. And, uh, and I also worked at I lived in Boston for years and I worked at uh, the Harvard Film Archive there, uh, the Coolidge Corner Theater there, the Museum of Fine Arts Boston. Uh, so I worked with a lot of different film organizations in Boston before I moved to New York. Well, there are some films that um, were shown at Hamptons as premieres, which you selected that went on to win Academy Awards. Can you tell us a little bit about a few of those? So yeah, I mean, so my first full year that I was here, we played a movie that came into the festival without much sort of attention called Slumdog Millionaire with actors that nobody had heard of. Uh, and I really fought for that film and we got that film. And that film went on to win, I think, eight Oscars that year, including Best Picture. Um, the following year, uh, The Hurt Locker won. That was a summer release, so we didn't play that. But after that, and for every year since, so that's 2010, every year since, we've played the, pic the film that's gone on to win Best Picture. We're the only film festival in the world that has that distinction. Uh, and it's something we're happy about. It's out of my hands. I pick the films that I think are best and our audiences will like. And um, for the last 11 years, one of the films in our lineup has gone on to win Best Picture, including last year's smaller festival when Nomadland was here and went on. So we've been really happy about that. And we've had a lot of great films and had a lot of great discussions with the team from Spotlight or The Artist or any of the number of other films, Argo, that we've done over the years and, and see these films, Moonlight, uh, go on to win Best Pictures. So that's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I think Fargo is a great picture myself. I enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, same here. Well, I'll see you at the festival and I want to thank you for taking the time to be on this podcast and finding a place to make your own video because that'll be shown with the podcast. Yes, I'm, ha I'm glad it worked out. Thank you for inviting me, Dan. Sure. Where are you? What's this building behind you? Well, this is actually a, a house that my colleagues are working out of, and we're all working outside, even though we've all been tested today. We've been doing testing every day. I've, so I've been tested today, but out of an abundance of caution, and it's such a beautiful day, as you know. So we're all working on the back patio of a guest house. But in order to be quiet for this, it's an uninhabited part of the house. I just came and ducked in here. I'm talking to David Nugent, who is the artistic director of the Hamptons Film Festival. Uh, and I want to thank you for coming. My pleasure, Dan. Hopefully I'll see you next week. You will. Bye. Good.